A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. <laughs> Welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast, your destination for actionable resources and tools to crush your fantasy league. This is Rob D, the Dead Poor Hitter. You can always catch me on Twitter at Dead Poor Hitter. And you can also catch me too on the Poor Hitter Patreon. If you haven't joined yet, come check it out. Five bucks get you in the door and get a lot of content from me. And um, yeah, come check it out. A lot of cool stuff going on in the Discord. This podcast is with Dom. At Bullpen Guru on Twitter, part of the Believer Recon team, who's writing a fab article on my website, pullhitter.com. And yeah, we go over the player movement in the NFBC, the highest bids of the week, and then we go through our processes on the guys we picked up this week and why we did so. And we actually added a cool little segment um, for the second part of the show. It's called Watchlist Wednesday, since we recorded today on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. And it's just like a look ahead um, to some of the players that might be going into your watch list and fab bids this weekend, as well as some of the um, players that we might see later on down the season that can help us with our fantasy team. So again, we go through the player movement, we go through our process, we go through some of the context of the main event trends and how much spending is outpacing previous years. And... um, a lot of stuff in between that, so hope you guys enjoy the show. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Pole Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Pole Hitter. I'm here with my boy Dom, the bullpen guru, and we're about to break down the fab article he just wrote over at pollhitter.com talking about the NFBC player movement, uh, player trends, market trends. And um, Dom, it's uh, a pretty similar uh title to the article i see this week. yeah yeah miller time 2.0 similar you know we're, we're here every week we're just continuously talking about the spending and how you know eventually it's going to go down but yet here we are following the biggest fab week of uh of this season and i think of the last couple seasons right yeah yeah the biggest one of the last two seasons for sure and it's um it's every week at the battle every week is um players and owners dealing with injuries and you know piling all these bad matchups up and starts and every week there's just another guy to draw us into spending up and 
I did a lot of thinking this week, you know, it was, it was a lot of brain energy trying to really pin down how much I wanted to even try to spend on players and also, you know, um, whether it was right or wrong to even do it, you know, but um, right. sometimes you just got to go forth with what you think is good. And my first reaction was to pay up for Bryce Miller and I, I did. So okay. <laughs> it is what it so, is, you know, let's get, let's, so let's get into that. Cause yeah, that was, that was obviously, you know, I, I looked at both of our ads this week and uh, you know, the, uh, the breakdown pretty, pretty straightforward. So, you know, your big, your big buy was Bryce Miller for $402. So I kind of came prepared with a bunch of questions that I want to ask you. Cause I, I like you made the determination, like I really, really wanted him. Um, I was probably in a little bit of a different situation in terms of my budget than you were. So, um, you know, I, but even on Sunday, I, I increased my bids like over a point that I was comfortable with. So, you know, I wanted to get inside your mind because, you know, I think as we've talked about, we want to kind of help other players um, with these these decisions and how to think through it and kind of walk through our process. So, you know, I wanted to get inside your mind and in the mind of somebody that decided to place a $400 bid because like. For me, um, you know, and I think we all do this, right? We all have conversations with people that we're close with in terms of, you know, who who we're thinking about adding, who we're liking, kind of, compl you know, comparing notes with people that we trust and just, you know, getting a feel for where they think we need to go in terms of fab. So, like, I don't know if it's that I'm doing this article on a weekly basis and just with that I'm pulling all of the activity, but, like, I... I talked to people that wanted him and I was like, and they're like, what do you think he's going to go for? And I was like, I think we're going to see $400 bids for, for Miller. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be one of them, but like, I think we're going to see that based on how everything's going. Like I just, you know, and, and I was like very confident in that. And they're like, Oh, like I want him, but like, and they're like, I want him. So I'm, I'm going like 190. And I was like, you're not getting him at 190. Like maybe, maybe it, uh, Maybe it works out that he falls to you, but like you're not getting him at at 190. Like that you'd be, you'd get you'd luck out if you get him at 190. So like, I don't know. Like in the past, I don't think I really had that feel for the market as I I do this year. So you know, it helps, I think, right? It's oh yeah, hundred percent. I just have such a better. Um, I have a better feel for where things are going to just be on Sunday, which is like a good feeling for me because like, you know, this week. I, I knew I was going to be priced out just on where I was going. So I just had um, backup plans and like th those backup plans were like, all right, if I'm not, if I'm not going to pay up, I'm just going to go cheap. So like most of my ads were $1 ads to, for, you know, position myself for, for this week, which, you know, we talked about last week where I was like, Oh, you know, I haven't really had to do much like looking at schedules and seven game weeks and who's facing righties and who's facing lefties. But this week I had a lot of Phillies. I had a lot of Braves. I had, so like I kind of got hit with a bunch of those five game weeks and I had to kind of reconfigure my ma my mind a little bit. So this is the first time I had to really like um, be cognizant of the schedule. Cause I had a lot of guys that only had five games. So, um, so I was adding a bunch of $1 guys, but um, yeah. So anyway, I wanted to, before, you know, we talk about our ads, I wanted to get, you know, inside your mind. So, like, you paid up 
for Bryce. You paid 402 to get him in your league. You won by 25 bucks. So, you know, on that big of a bid to, you know, quote unquote overpay for 25 bucks isn't actually that bad. Like it's better than overpaying like 150 bucks and you're being like, oh man, I wasted the ton of fab. So right. if I were you, I feel good about that. I do feel good about it. Um, it was at 378 um, on Friday. Um, okay. Wow. And yeah, because, you know, it's stuff, obviously, like you said, you, you're pulling this data. It's there. First of all, it's for anyone who even doesn't play the NFBC, like just go over to the player movement tab on the stats and you can see who, you know, who's been picked up in the highest stakes of leagues, the lowest stakes of leagues, whatever. The data is there. So it's pretty cool to just go check it out. And like you mentioned, um, just using it helps so much. So I, you know, I look back at last year's stuff. Um, it's stuff that I included in in the Patreon pod too that I did, the, the fab pod. You know, I just always look at the previous data to try to um, let everyone know like what the market was not only two weeks ago, but last year at similar points, you know, and George Kirby was right in this range um and you know it's it's funny how you see the same numbers a lot when you pull it up and you see 378 and 383 you know like it's like certain increments you'll see a lot too and so i had a three um 378 and then it went up to 388 on sunday and then me and my wife went out um hung up by the beach it was a beautiful day you know had some drinks and <laughs> The last time I had some drinks on a fab day like that was uh, Alec Manoa from two years ago, which it has a good memory. So I'm real biased and superstitious when it comes to that. And so the feeling that I got while I was out and getting texts from people like, oh, Bryce, you know, this and that. And I was like, oh, so I'm just like checking. I'm like, oh, like, wow, this kid's good. And then I'm telling my wife, too, about the whole process, too, right? Because I want to, like, speak about it. He was on my mind all day, Bryce Miller. Yep. And by the time I got home, I tweaked it up to 402. And, um, yeah, I mean, I had 835 in that league. Um, okay. I've never spent this much on a player before. Um, it's not something that... I even like endorse doing um, for, you know, just for shits and giggles, but it matched my team needs. I had money and I don't know. Part of me is like, well, who else am I like? Obviously there's a lot to spend it on. You can grind, um, you know, a grinding offense can be, you can do it at a cheaper price, but I was like, where are the impact arms going to come from? You know? Mm -hmm. And there are some impact arms coming up and obviously you're, Perez getting a call on Friday, but I've seen two games of this dude already. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I watched, I watched the Oakland game, like twice the Houston game. I watched, you know, when I got home, I watched it and I, I just, it, it passed my eye test. He made yeah. Jordan Alvarez look, and this is the funniest thing, right? Cause I hear it on podcasts. I see it on Twitter. It's like the Astros aren't what they used to be though. And it's like, so funny to hear that. And like, do you actually believe that when you, they still making Jordan Alvarez looking really bad, you know? So anyway, yeah. team context wise, it matched. I, 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 um, it's, it, it's funny because like, it wasn't a desperate need for pitching either. I actually have more pitching points than offensive points. Um, but, um, and I need to grind homers bad. I was so behind. I'm lasting homers and behind on homers. So on so many levels, it didn't make sense. Um, for that reason, but mm -hmm. I, I trusted my gut. Um, this is my DeGrom team, you know, so, yeah. um, I wanted to have 
another backup. And that's what happened two years ago. I had Jacob DeGrom and picked up Alec Pineau, and he was fantastic the rest of the season. Helped me, you know, um, win my first main event league. So those things play in my mind, and um, I went for it, you know. Um, I actually, and then in my other auction, which I had like a little uh, less um, money on, you know, I didn't, I still wanted to be in there. But I didn't want, you know, to spend too much. So uh, my bid for him there was 188, just like you were saying, like, no way. Right. But that was my OK, let me just, you know, go for the Steve Weimer award, you know, get the yeah. cheapest ad. Um, so I was reasonable where. Um, where, where I called for it. Yeah. I recall for in my auction league in my 1500 auction league. I also got him for um, 323. Um, and the backup bid was 314 and um, that league. So oh, in that main now, I'm down to um, 400 bucks, 420 bucks. So, okay. so I mean, um, so you're like, you're, but that puts you kind of just like at the average, right? Like that's where, it's, yeah, I, it's I, like, I mean, it's like, not that bad in that league. Like there's the bad thing is though, like, you know, um, like John Posma is, um, lead in the league um naturally him and matt um and and i'm just he has so much money too and the guy in second too they have so much money left and they're in first and second so whatever it's going to be a grind um but in my auction league i'm down to 284 and that's in a position i've never been in but listen um i've never been in that spot before having this much money uh this least amount of money left for like one league but mm -hmm. I think it's going to force me to learn something new, you know, yeah. like that's, that's, I'm, I try to take each thing with optimism and I'm like, Hey, listen, you know what? Um, that's not uh, the spot I want to be in. I want to have like a good ability to dream late and get guys I want. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, now I'm going to have to narrow my focus and like do even two or three weeks ahead of time and speculate and getting guys on cheap. So maybe this will bring out a different version of me that I, I didn't know was there. So that's the way yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm just, yeah. I'm going to try to skill it. Yeah. So like from my, from my perspective, I, I kind of did the same thing where I was like, I, I went back, I watched the Tuesday game. Um, Cause we were kind of watching it as we were podcast podcasting last mm -hmm. week. And, uh, you know, it, everything looked good every time I glanced over and looked, um, but I wanted to watch it again. So I, I watched it again on like Friday night and then Sunday I'm like with my kids on the couch and uh, <clears throat> I like have MLB TV on my phone and I'm just watching every half inning, just seeing how he's looking <laughs> and like, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to bump it up. Like, so I think I ended up going like mid threes in like one league where I just felt like. I because uh, I have two main events, so like the one league where I felt a little less um, good about my pitching, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to a point where you know if I if I get him, I I only have about 150 bucks left, and yes. uh, and like I, I felt the same way where it's like I don't want that because I don't really feel like I have control of like my team's destiny in terms of like player acquisition it's kind yep. of like you're reliant on like your league like fucking up and letting players slip to you that shouldn't if they're going to be impactful but like you know i do that in my home 
like fantasy football league where like I just blow my load in fab like the first couple weeks and then I just get whoever the rest of the league lets fall to me because we have like zero dollar bids and free agents and stuff like that and it's kind of like it's a little bit freeing because it's like um you don't have like all the stress of like what do I need to go do like you kind of just like prioritize everyone equally and just take what you get so it's a little bit freeing in that regard but it's also like you don't have control of your team at all and that's kind of a shitty spot to be in so like i i i got to that point and then like literally like after sunday ran like you know it would have been a very nice thing to have but like it was kind of like a sigh of relief where i was like okay like i didn't get him I still have like 400 and some like 400. Oh, oh, I have 520 something in one league and like 490 or 460 or something like that in the other. So like I'm in a good spot now in terms of like average spending. So like now it's like, okay, I, I have a little bit of control over things and I'm not just, you know, kind of like going all in. So mm-hmm. um, would have been nice to have, but uh but um, I, I also, you know, I wanted to ask, too, in terms of, like, um, how much – because obviously you cut him last week. We talked – where he – we – you've – you cut him. We talked about this last yeah. week. Um, um, yeah, I cut him, actually. It was – Two um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Yeah, it was it was the week I picked up Bubich. Okay. Yeah, so it's, um, like, mid, mid-April. Yep. Oh okay. man, I can't find my team. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Um. Oh God. Yeah, Bubich. So yeah. Yeah. So like, how much? How much of that played into your mind? It did any of that play into your mind at all? Where it's like, I need to get him back because I cut him, and I it, it's gonna it's gonna kill me to see somebody else have get him, or like, is it just? No, play- because. So here's what here's what it is too. It was it was actually like I picked him up on the team that I didn't drop him in. Um I cause after uh. after I had dropped Miller, um, you know, and Bubich went out, I, I I paid up for Mason Miller in that league for okay. and I got him for like one of the bet like one sixty eight over one sixty four. Like yeah. Um like that was also like a similar tactic I took in the same league. So I actually got Bryce Miller in my other main where I didn't have him. Okay. Um, okay. I didn't yeah, I, I didn't had, realize yeah, that. Yeah. I just but still it was in the back of my mind though a little bit. Um and not like I needed to validate it, but um I did it then for a reason too. You know, like mm. I did it then because I thought like I saw him built up to 130 innings. Um and I know they have Hancock and Brian Wu. They have a whole bunch of like a slew of other starting pitchers. Um, but when Ray got hurt and I had Ray on that team, I just thought that he's just a better pitcher than Chris Flexen right now, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And then, you know, also too, another thing that really kind of helped me out a little bit too is with the minor league numbers, everyone was a little concerned with them. And I had found an article with him talking um, about the the wind. Uh, actually, sorry, it was an article written about the wind being blown like really forty five miles per hour in like two of the games. And actually, yeah. you know, Saris was just saying that on Rates and Bowels that when he interviewed him, he asked him the same exact thing, and he said it was windy every single game I pitched. And also, he said basically they were just telling him to throw strikes, not trying to really get whiffs on like whiff counts, uh, like strikeout counts. So, um. 
And that's another thing we don't know, right? Unless you watch a lot of that too. There's only so much that we can control. Yeah. But um, just the whole stock of uh, of having him and dropping him, it played somewhat of a, a part in like, because it just reaffirmed how I felt initially. So, right. um, but if I didn't get him, it wouldn't have been like, um, you know, like I was devastated. But, I, that, you know, that, that drop's still going to haunt me in general, like in my other league. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's just um, that league's just been nuts too. Just crazy spending and, and, and like how guys can, how guys are just um, either out of a job real quick right now or platooning real quick or just getting hurt. Um, yeah. And and um, we'll talk about Arcia, you know, when I come up with him. But, but like he's another guy, like I, I spent before and he got hurt. I dropped because I thought he was gonna be out for like six to eight weeks, and he was back. Yeah. And so I bid thirty four bucks because it was like a starting shortstop on Atlanta who was had like career highs in multiple categories. I'm like, this is a no brainer and uh, severe overbid. But yeah, um, well, we we each had one of those, and in, in, we each had a thirty one dollar severe overbid this week. So. Um, so yeah, so in terms of your player acquisition, so you, you in your two mains you went Bryce Miller, we already talked about, Arcia you yep. bought for thirty four bucks with the thirty one dollar overbid, then you had a couple of um, unopposed ads in Zach Jackson for seventeen bucks, Dean Kramer for one buck, and then Pierce Johnson another closer ad um, for fourteen bucks. You over overpaid by eleven bucks, so you grabbed a couple of closers. Um, you know, and even, you know, 34 bucks for RCA. I mean, I know it's an overpay, but like, I don't think that that's a bad price to pay for him considering, you know, I, I think if the news was out that he was back, um, cause that didn't come out until Monday morning, right. That he was, that was, that was just a spec ad in terms of when, you know, you thought he would be back in a week or two. Right. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a week. Yeah. Um, and, but the, you know, even then, I think the week before there was some, he was in my bid string to try to jump it then, but I yeah. kind of like put it really back in the bar. And uh, I saw a lot of people, you know, were kind of eyeing him up last week. And then, um, you know, I mean, I was right around like the average and median bid. It's just that the backup bid was like the lowest. Yeah. Of all the yeah. Bids. But that, the same thing with Jack Jackson, too. Like, um, <laughs> did no one bid. It was 17 you know, to nothing. And I don't think any other ads of Zach Jackson had a, had a zero backup, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and yeah. I was, sh I was shocked. I, I, you know, I know he's not the greatest uh, closer or, you know, guy who finishes games, but, and, and it's a terrible team, but I just thought like that was going to be in the range of, of, of where I need to, you know, maybe like have a 50% chance of getting him, but. Yeah, well, I, I mean, with how the schedules are going this year, I'm assuming they're going to be uh, maybe not because they're not in the division. I was going to say, if they're playing the A's again, or if they're playing uh, the Royals again soon, like, you, you grab a couple more saves. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the A's DFA'd um, a couple guys out of their bullpen also. So, like, any real competition there is, is gone. So, it, it makes sense. I mean, I know he, you know, he doesn't throw strikes. It's It's tough. But, like, there's not a lot of competition. And, you know, you could find for for seventeen bucks, you can you can be selective with the weeks that you use them and and not feel like you're obligated to put them in. So and you know, like I'm I'm struggling for saves right now, so it it makes total sense for me. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, my Pierce over- Johnson, I'll, I'll get. I, I was just gonna say with Pierce Johnson real quick. Um, I, I, I wasn't on the train when he started to have a gig, not at the price that he went for, because I just thought Bard was gonna at least uh, get some share of it or get back into yeah. it. And he, and he hasn't. So, right. uh, you know, had to change my tune about that. You know, and it just uh, you have to adapt to what you're seeing. And I was like, oh, um, this is this this is like a buying opportunity right here. And um. Yeah, getting him for fourteen bucks too. Uh, gotta save a day right off the bat. Um, and yeah, and uh, so my other bid too with Dean Dean Kramer, I got him for a buck, and I like what he's been showing in his last couple starts. And I figured I could get him real cheap too because I'm probably not gonna use him for like th- like the next couple starts. He's got um home versus the Angels, which could be a toss up at the end of that at. Hirano and a double start and then possibly um, either the Yankees or Texas. But um, I just think that I think I'm trying to get decent arms for cheap (laughs) (laughs) where I can. And he just, I think he had a good game today, right? I didn't check the uh, box score, but I'm I'm pretty sure he did pretty well versus the Rays is what um, popped up. So um, that, that that park is kind of helps them. So like any, any Orioles pitcher at home, um, I'm kind of like I'm always considering it just because you know they he they're protected there. Um, yeah. So I I don't I don't hate it. Um, He's kind of like my um DL Hall hedge too. So now I have him and Hall. Okay. Um, and I'm just hoping to at least have one of them going forward for the rest of the season. You know. Yeah. Uh, who knows? We'll see how it plays out. All right. Well, what about you? So you um Christopher Morel was your overspend of the week. No backup bid for thirty-one bucks, huh? Yeah, I was. He's been a guy that I've been trying to add for a couple of weeks. He was just in my uh, in my bid list, but ne- just never got to him. And you know, in monitoring the bids for other leagues, that's where I thought he was going to have to go. Just kind of like what I've been seeing the last like two weeks in terms of like spec ads for him. It was kind of like just ramping up to that point. So like that's where I felt like I needed and like. The um, Mervis call up last week kind of was like, okay, now they're starting to think about bringing these guys up. So that was what the impetus was for me adding him was like, all right, they're, they're calling up Mervis. And like, once there's any injury on that team, Morel's going to get called up. And I was like, and honestly, like why, like I, I was looking at wisdom and I was like, you know, he really like, he has he's banked a bunch of home runs, but like he's hitting like 188 over the last like two weeks uh, that whatever, when I, whenever it was that I looked at it, I was like, you know, he's not like, he's not like irreplaceable um, in that lineup. So, and with how Morel was doing at triple I just was like, I'm just going to add him. Cause I need, I need the, uh, I need the speed in that league. Um, and he had been sitting out on waivers for like two weeks and unclaimed. So I was like, he, I just need to grab him because um, he could be one of the impact speed guys that I need. So he, he was him. And then Bryce Miller were the, my priorities. That's who I really wanted um, this week. So then everything else was just $1 um, hole fillers. I, you know, the only thing I think I might regret is like, I dropped Dane Dunning for him because that was really like the only drop I had to make. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of regretting not 
choosing somebody else just with the shape with the way pitching is going like i just think even like a guy like dane dunning who you know we talked about last week just no strikeouts boring but like he's pitching on a decent team and mm-hmm. like he's pitching i mean he's pitching well despite the lack of strikeouts like he's he's doing well he's keeping the ball on the ground he's doing what dane dunning does so it's like i don't know maybe the regression monster eats him up soon so we'll see because <laughs> uh but uh yeah so i did uh, yeah i just hope for you at least morel gets like um some consistent playing time you know it's just like it, it could be maddening but at the same time what he does even in maybe two starts on a monday to thursday out of four games it's still it's still gonna you know give you um like the output per plate appearance still might be yeah. there, you know that yeah. can help you and and it's funny because um he did go for more money on april 30th and that just goes to show you how much of an impact you wrote this about the Sunday tax, he had a minor league Sunday tax two um that weekend. You know, he had the big, I think like seven or eight RBI game, right? In the yeah. minors. Yeah. And and he went for as high as sixty one bucks um with uh six bids over twenty. And then this week, um quiet for him, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny. And he's how actually that works. dropped he's, in a bunch of leagues too, yeah, actually. Yeah, he's dropped yeah. in four. So um yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, um I get it like you know, it, injuries happen and it's like you can really only afford, you know, a stash or two. And then once once the injuries pile up, you got to make some tough cuts. So um, yep. it's just, you know, it's unfortunate timing for anybody that cut him on Sunday and then see him called up on Monday. And it's like because, you know, you and I were texting and, and you're like morale overpay and i was like damn mm-hmm. and then monday they're like he's at wrigley's i said that to you and i was like so um you know that that's good but yeah then um you know just went one dollar shopping so gavin sheets for a dollar unopposed um that's amazing i don't know how how you pull that off yeah i'm i'm, I'm not complaining about that one um but th- there's an example of a guy that probably should should not have fallen through the cracks that that can so if you're in that situation where you got like 98 bucks left i mean you know you just set your bid list and you take what falls and sometimes it's a a guy with a seven game week with seven righties on the you know and they they're getting everybody playing time so um yeah nick prado michael massey the royals Mm -hmm. all decided to hit tonight uh and then i went with a one dollar uh, closer spec in Jonathan Hernandez, who looks like he might just be a cut next week. But uh, sometimes like that's it. what you got to do when you're dumpster diving for saves. So that's a great, great $1 grab. I'm shocked you got those guys for a buck. I had him for like um, seven bucks, eight bucks in my conditionals. Um, I think Sheets, even in one league, I may have had for like 11 or 12. Um, and, but they were, they were behind. Arcia for me because mm-hmm. I was more confident in the season long with Arcia and just playing every day. Yeah. Um. So, and even though Sheets can keep it going, he does best like he just he does best on weeks like this where it's just lined up for him perfectly. All yeah. yeah. All varieties and Prado too. Same thing. Um. I got had them both in my you know Fab Pod talking about you got to take advantage of these matchups and it's um just. Prado sitting versus a, a righty kind of pissed me off. Um, even though I didn't get him, it just yeah. I just and, uh, him and Massey were both, both right. sat last they night. Both... And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! But like, 
you know, they, they got a lot of guys up and, you know, that's just what happens in a seven game week, right? Like, you know, when guys are just playing a bunch of days in a row, they just need to, you know, rotate guys around. Cause it's not like, you know, Prado's not getting, he's not playing first base every day. Right. So it's like, sometimes Sal needs to play DH to rest his knees. And then what are they going to do? They got Vinny P they got Prado, they got Sal. So like somebody needs to go to the bench. Yeah. And also like Melendez, um, hasn't really been catching as much either. Right. So So, that kind of, yeah, it just adds another layer that you have to dodge yourself. But, um, I mean, he's, he's got a crazy, like 560 Babbitt right now, (laughs) but, um, you know, he's got to last. No, I, I, I don't know. That's how numbers work. I guess that's how numbers work. Yeah. But, uh, at least he's he he's in there and he's got thump so um yeah perfect perfect little play right there for sure yeah yeah and then I won't feel bad getting rid of him next week so um but <laughs> but the yeah. uh the one yeah he the, that's the best thing about these one dollar ads is like you just even if they do well for you you don't feel obligated to like keep them around because it's like nope you just pump them and dump them so what would he have to do to like keep you on your like if he if, no nothing if I mean I already. Gavin Sheets hits four home runs this week. You still won't give him a chance. Uh, oh no, Sheets! I'll probably actually keep. I'll keep. Okay. Yeah, because like I think he. I mean, I think he's gonna get pretty regular playing time. Um, yeah. With Eloy out for a while, so um, he Sheets I'll keep around, but like Prado, Massey, um, they'll just they'll just go to, um, back to the wire, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. I need next week. Makes so, sense. Yep. Um, you know, in terms of like the. So the one thing I noticed in, in circling back to the league activity um, this week is just the disparity in league spending. So I pointed this out, but um, League 16-14 has spent the most. On average, there's $388 left per team. So oh, that, so like that's the average remaining fab on a $1,000 budget for that team. Whereas if you compare that to League 1520, which has been like very, I don't know if they, like, I don't know if this was a Vegas league and they just all had a handshake agreement, like don't don't spend triple digits on guys because like they are very very um, conservative with their bids. Like nobody is is dropping money there. They have six hundred and seventy eight dollars on average per team, so that's like almost a three hundred dollar difference per team which is i mean if you had a team in each of those leagues like you would need to be very 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 cognizant and like you know because some people just say like okay i'm putting a hundred dollar price point on this guy for this week and if you know they have five leagues um they just spread that across and like you have to be aware of how much money still left on the table and you know, if you have a hundred dollar valuation on a guy, you don't need that in the league with three hundred and eighty eight dollars on average, and you might need one twenty to get the guy in a in a league with six seventy eight on average remaining. So, like, you know, I th- I think like you're starting to see just like the discrepancy in like the economics of fab dollars remaining between leagues, and that really stood out to me when I just looked at that. Um, so that's one thing if you're playing in the contest, I would say like keep, you know, just take a look at. Um those are when, those are extremes, um, obviously. Um but uh yeah. 
I you wonder know. if this has anything to do with it. So I just hopped onto that league and um not, I can I nine, can tell you nine teams, actually almost a ten too. Let's call it ten because one guy has seventy nine points, but ten teams have eighty points. And the top team has 105. So maybe like everyone is just having a like doesn't have a pressing need or no one mm. feels the need to throw like everything to the table to I don't know, do that. But it it's very interesting. Uh, yeah. Jeff Zimmerman's in that league, uh Ben Tidd, a couple of people we know, Larry Schechter, yeah, uh, Bradley Libros, really that's a good league. But like um it's um that's interesting. I, I well, so it's, I wonder one if of the- that's the one next of, level of a, uh, of of uh, of analysis, like uh, you know, what the league spread in the standings has to say say about the fab spend in the league. <laughs> yeah, so so that is kind of uh, one of the things that I had mentioned to Zach, who's doing like an awesome job of pulling yes. all this on a. He's doing it on a per player basis, which I think is is super valuable. And so what I asked him to do, if he was able to, was I said, "Hey, I'm curious. Um, could you pull the." standing location of the teams that added Bryce Miller this week. Cause like, I was curious if it was like a lot of guys that were like in the bottom third of their league that are just like desperate and kind of like trying to make a move and, and saying like, all right, I'm going to just YOLO my fab bid this week to try to really like get an impact pitcher while there's one out there and see if it can propel me a little bit or if it's like, you know, um, and he he couldn't get it on a per league basis. It was on uh, just like the overall. Mm-hmm. And when you average out 53 ads, you know, it, it just kind of told you like, all right, it's like the average is like 300 and something. So it's like not really, um, it, it, you know, it, it love like large numbers. It's going to all fall in, into the middle. So it's, it's it yeah. wasn't, there wasn't much to glean there, but that's kind of where like my mind was going. Whereas like, you know, the, like psychology behind it is like, you know, where are you in your league when you're making these moves and like, does that have an impact on it? But um, in terms of the, that league that I was telling you about that it has spent so little compared to everyone else. The one thing I did notice in looking at the ads and stuff like that was like um, Tanner Bybee was like already rostered in that league before he um, mm. got called up so like there could just be savvy stashes where like they are already on rosters um so they're not having to have these crazy like bidding wars on guys because point. they're already either strategically um added prior to the season and then dropped and then re-added on the cheap or drafted and held um so that was one of the things i did notice about that league in particular was that like some of the higher sought after players um at least from in the instance of bybee was already on a roster so that takes a little money off the table right absolutely and shout out to our friend zach at zach wax on twitter doing wonderful i love that write up and just uh zach in general man he made it baseball hq podcast who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought our great friend zach would have uh you know just kept He's... trucking his way in this industry and made it onto like a prestigious podcast that's good for him i love zach he's a good boy yeah yep 
I, I agree. <laughs> and and he had me cracking up reading the article. I think uh, yeah, he, it's definitely worth a read because he uh, he puts a little of his humor into his commentary on the ads and drops and and you know you know a lot of a lot of the a lot of us players kind of know each other. So like, you know, of course. put some digs in on guys yeah. and stuff like that. So it's, it's oh, of good. Of course, here's Rob and his pack bidding on the, you know, like he, <laughs> he knows the groups of people that talk, you know, and he yep. like points that out. It's so funny. He's like, Oh, yep. you know, this is not a coincidence that these like four guys got, you know, these guys, this, he does a great job. Yeah. Yep. It's, um, yeah, it's a must read. And it's, it's just good because he, uh, like you said, at first, you know, when he was doing it, it was just like words. Um, it was numbers and with some words. And now he's actually writing a story behind it. And it's it's great. So yeah. good for him. Yep. Totally. Yep. So um so let's get into the the player um ads beyond, you know, ourselves and, and yep. uh Bryce Miller. So, you know, this week obviously behind Miller, um Mervis was the other popular ad. He went for uh, 224 bucks on average uh, across 44 leagues. So um, he was already stashed in a, in a handful of leagues. And, um, you know, for me, I already, I have a couple of first basemen in on both of my mains. So he just really wasn't a target for me, but um, I, you know, I know some people were like kind of knocking his like um, stat cast data at the minors, but like what I saw, I thought like looked good. Like his, Max his max EV in AAA was 114.5, which would have put him in like the top 15 in the majors. He had a 10% bar barrel rate, um, was walking almost as much as he's striking out. So, um, you know, for me, I was like, I, I didn't see what people were mentioning in terms of stack cast data. If maybe it's from aggregated like prior year stuff but like this year i didn't really see that um and obviously he was you know big hype guy throughout draft champion season and and things like that so um you know uh, not not surprising i guess just for that much money um not you know not really going to give you much in terms of steals but the power i would think should be there and the Cubs lineup is actually like good. I, I think it's a good lineup. So you you have a lot of positives there. Yeah, they are, they they are um pretty pretty solid lineup. There's like every time I do the lineup uh pod tool and I just go through like the team WRC pluses and stuff like that. I say, oh man, like they they like have good splits versus um I think righties. I think righties they really really get behind. Um yeah, I, I'm just I'm just worried about the platooning, you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah. and to me, it would be enough of a bother if he's playing five out of seven games a week or four out of six. And to like, in terms of spending that much money on, on, on it, like, cause to me, so this is where my thoughts come to with, if you're going to pay up for me, it has to be for a pitcher. Right. Um, cause last year, uh, I paid a little bit up for Vinny P. Um, I was power starved when it came out and just um, I did it. Right. But mm -hmm. I found like in theory, I could have streamed. Um, I could have streamed his stats for cheaper and, and stay and stayed efficient, you know. Um, but with Mervis, he might not play every day. And to yeah. me, paying up 
that level, um, 200 bucks is a little concerning because, um, and this is where I'll take that trade off on a two, $300 pitcher who might, you know, pitch 120 innings for you or whatever. And just platooning is tough, man. I just, I would feel like, Oh, like I could, I, I have got like Gavin sheets, right? Just like you yeah. said, like you cycle through your Gavin sheets every week and you get a homer like you already got this week. And I think you can match it, you know, with someone who might be platooning. So I think if that comes case, a lot of the guys who scoop them up might be a little frustrated, but yeah. in terms of, yeah, I mean, he looks like he, I saw like in the first couple of games and, you know, something I like to do a lot on game feed is on baseball savant is actually, you know, we look at the player breakdowns on the pitcher tabs a lot. I like to, I like to hit the batter tabs and you could see the same things that we like in pitchers. You could look at O swings. You could look at their whiffs and, um, CSW against a batter and you kind of see like because I've really been paying attention to it a lot you know with the Cubs just to kind of see if Morel is making better swing decisions you know because that that's gonna for me it's gonna determine a lot of his playing time too like if they're making better swing decisions and Mervis like again like I hit the illustrator and I'm like oh like they're throwing him everything away and he's swinging at everything away so just those little things. I'm trying to add like different things in my toolbox. And I think that's like something maybe we're not using enough. Um, and I love it because I think I got a good snapshot of the actual, you know, if you're not going to watch the condensed game or the whole game, you can kind of see it in that picture. But so nervous, there's a couple of things I was a little nervous on like that. And that's why like, I really honestly was in like the $28 range for him, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, and it kind of like, you know, I think about like um, our logic in terms of like drafting, and yeah. like how we handled the first base position where we were like, you know, at least for me at draft day, like I um, was not paying up for like um, a lot of guys because I wanted the Christian Walkers, Rowdy Telez, Josh Castle, Bell. Lanes, yeah, yeah, like that yep. range I was hitting because I was like, no, not very few first basemen steal and like the power that a lot of those guys contribute, you can get a lot of places. So like, you know, you, what are you really like paying up for? I guess is like kind of the thought is like you, to pay that much. I think you really need like a standout contribution to your team. And, and maybe you are set elsewhere and it really is just a purely like they need the power and that's who they think can, can provide it. But like, I think you make a good point in terms of like the playing time because I keep harping on this. Like I just, whenever I'm looking at hitters in fab, I don't see like six and seven day a week batters. I I'm always <laughs> like, these guys are going to yeah. platoon. They're going to get a day or two off this week anyway. So like, you know, it's like, you, and there's not really much you can do to correct that at this point. And, you know, it's like you had to you had to have drafted everyday hitters that are playing almost every day or else it's going to be a challenge because like it's just it's I feel like it's hard to find guys that play six days a week on fab. Uh, it's just it's not out there the way teams manage their rosters now. It's just so platoon heavy that um, it's it's just tough. So, you want to know something know. that's funny? We're talking about sheets and Mervis. So I just went over to the Fangrass rest of season projections, right? I went to mm -hmm. each of their player pages. So 
Matt Mervis, um, Steamer, three, three, six, 390 plate appearances the rest of the season, mm-hmm. 15 homers. Steamer for Gavin Sheets, 256, 284 plate appearances, 12 homers. So three less homers and, um, I don't know, 110 less at bats. So right. Basically the same profile, 21% K rate for Sheets, 22% for Mervis. Um, 8% walk rate for Sheets. Eight for Mervis. It's actually the same. It's just so nuts. Seven sixty OPS. Seven sixty OPS. They're like the same. They're projected to be the same hitter. It's wild to me, you know. Yeah. So, um, with both of them with um league average WRC plus, um, and the bat X feels pretty similar. Where the plate appearances, the the home runs per plate appearances is heavily boosted toward sheets. So it's just I don't know. Just um. I'm not rooting for anyone to have a bad, uh, you know, fab bid. I just think that um, from my lessons, at least, and just the, like you said, the weak look at and, and trying to stream, I I, I go with my chance um, with grinding out stats versus yeah. playing Matt Mervis every week. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Especially at the cost. I mean, you you do $224.1 ads for cost of one, um, and that that makes a difference, right? Um, yep. All right. So another the other two players added in all fifty three leagues were JP France, who's uh, seemingly replacing Luis Garcia in the Astros rotation, and then Michael Garcia, um, who was called up by the Royals, kind of playing all over the infield. He's playing playing primarily third, it looks like, but I also saw that he got a start or two at second base, um, and he came up with shortstop eligibility. So he looks like he's going to be another player that will be able to move all over um, the fantasy diamond for, for teams. And, you know, my thought is like his main contribution looks like it's going to be speed. I know there's been a lot of discussion in terms of um, what he can do with the bat in terms of, you know, how hard he hits the ball, doesn't strike out, et cetera. Um, You know, at least when I did my, my view of him, I you know, I thought his carrying skill would be primarily the speed. But um, were you in on either of those guys? No, no, I wasn't. He, uh, Garcia's got a sixty-three percentile sprint speed, and I know sprint speed is not like actually a lot of um, what can capture stolen base attempts. For, you know, like it doesn't. It's not the full correlation, despite what people think. There's, there's. There's stuff that we can't measure too that heavily into that. Um, their will to steal. Um, he never like he got a healthy attempts, which is good, but the percentage is is not great. The stolen base percentage in the minors. Um, and I I don't know the steamer six hundred is eight homers, sixteen um eighteen stolen bases. Um, in a shit offense, I don't know. I just I I think he's like Gene Tagora super light. Um, mm. Or maybe even the Gene Segura that he is now, which is not Gene Segura <laughs> yeah. of old. But no, I didn't have any interest. Um, the, you know, yeah, the the Max EV is kind of Max. And I know he doesn't have a large sample so far, but he's got a couple of barrels, so that's good. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I was just a little hesitant on it. Um, just thinking that, I don't know. I don't know if he's, he's like, I... I have a lot of Ahmad Taylor in DCs, and I mm-hmm. just think Akizi actual the better player. And I don't know if he would take his spot, but I think that um, 
I think that he's going to get a chance to show what he has too. And I think that if they pit them both up against each other, taking up a roster spot, I think Taylor will come out with it. But, um, you know, I get it. You're looking at everyday playing time and, and you know, just to him be a burner and not to kill your average. So um, let's see what happened. I wasn't as interested as I thought I was going to be when I started diving in. Yeah, I, I, I just, I was interested. Um, I just didn't prioritize him, and and I was not anywhere near what he was going for on average. You know, I was in the, I, I, I was in like the eight dollar range on on him. Um, and so the fact that he went for seventy three bucks, I was like, all right, I was totally priced out in that regard. Um, but I get it in the leagues where you, you know, you need speed. I mean, I kind of look at my my view on any of these minor leaguers is like um, if I've seen them aggressively stealing in the minors under those rules, I feel like they'll be comfortable to, to do it at the majors. Cause I just think that yeah. there's such a big difference in terms of like a major leaguer that's been playing for eight years, um, you know, under last year's major league rules having to get comfortable with the clock and the throwovers and, and like what you can do once they've disengaged from the mound versus a guy that's been doing it for the last year or two in the minors. And just like, it's like habit for them. So like, that's why I was really in like on estuary Ruiz um, mm-hmm. throughout draft season and gladiators. I was like, I, and Corbin Carroll too. Like I was just like they're they're gonna blow away the projections in terms of the steals because they're just comfortable with how to do it. And uh, so you know he's like Garcia stole thirty nine bases last year between Double A AA and Triple A. Granted, he was caught eight times. So there is something to be said for the um, the attempts, you know, um, you know, and, and success success rate. But um, and, and the Royals. Like- he just seems like he profiles a lot like Nicky Lopez. Like they actually have similar projections. Like Steam is six hundred rest of season. Would is is Nicky Lopez four homers, twenty stolen bases, and Garcia eight and eighteen. Yeah, you know, and I, I just and also too he he never had he was never he was only twenty percent above league average in the minors once, you know, and that was twenty twenty one. He had a one twenty nine. WRC plus and just just in terms of baseball output and staying on the field, I just I just think there's risk there. Like I don't think I don't think you pay like if Nicky Lopez had this profile in the minors, would you be paying two hundred dollars to like one thirty seven? Yeah, I don't know, but that's the way I was looking at it. Well, you're you're also talking about a team that's been giving Hunter Dozier like (laughs) five hundred at bats for for uh the last two seasons and he's <laughs> thrown up like 81 and 90 wrc plus so That's not true. you know like i'm not so sure they're even focused <laughs> on that but uh you know I, yeah i just there's a there's a lot of obstacles i could see him also just getting sent down in a couple of weeks like when lopez is back from back. his yeah. appendicitis like um i could see him getting sent back down i could see you know they 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 have a lot of they they've are paying Dozier and they're still giving him at bats and there's, you know, Massey's still there and, you know, Massey seems to be picking it up a bit. Um, so like, there's a lot of competition there. You gave um, me a good laugh there, Dom. No, that's so funny. It's like, how dare I, the audacity me of me to think that major league team would look at something like that. Yeah. That's what I, but, I, but, but way to bring that up. That's a, yeah. that's definitely I mean, that's <laughs> part of it though. It's like that, that's the thing that like, you know, we talked last week about like Ryan and, and I, and like, you know, he's like, 
you know, like I think Ryan and I like talk about Jeremiah Stroud a lot this offseason. And uh he's like he's gonna be he's the best arm in the Cubs bullpen. And I'm like, yeah, but they just gave all these major league guaranteed contracts to like Michael Fulmer, Brad Boxberger, like guys that are not gonna be able to get moved off the roster until they're hurt or something like that, or or DFA'd and like they're not gonna DFA a guy that they're paying a couple million bucks for. So like I just don't think Estrada is gonna be up for a while and like if he is, it's going to be hard for him to start getting saves. Like, I agree with you that he is the best arm, but like, you also have to take into account like what these teams are actually doing with their rosters and playing time. And like Hunter Dozier is still there and like, is seemingly not going anywhere for, for the time being. So like, it is a factor that you need to consider, even though he sucks, like it's a factor that you need to consider when analyzing the playing time that you think these guys are going to give. Yep. Yep, 100% makes sense. Um, so a couple other popular ads. Um, Tyrone Taylor uh, mm-hmm. came off the IL, you know, stealing bases, hitting homers. Um, seems like there's enough playing time for him in in Milwaukee. Um, J.J. Blade was called up in Oakland. Um, you know, obviously his... The story of his season is he cut down on his strikeouts, made you know big time at AAA, which is something that he had trouble with um, last year for the Marlins. So, um, and then Prado and Sheets, we kind of already talked about that they're just kind of a streaming type play. It seems like maybe Sheets a little bit more of a long term. Um, Marcelo Zuna, on heater. I don't know. Um, it's a bag of shit. Bag of shit. Yeah. And any interest in those guys? Yeah, I had Taylor Taylor in the string. Yeah. Um in 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 the league where I had Arcia. So so where I was adding a bat. Um uh, but I had I had Arcia prioritized a little bit over him, obviously. Um and let's see, I think in my auction league too where 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 I added some bats, he just um I got I got a little outbid. Um, for him. Um, but no, I like the ad. He got the speed, he got the power. He's great. He's great in the outfield. Um, and JJ Bourdais, man, I wanted to really love him. I do actually. I lo- I love the changes. I read an article about him, and he changed his whole, you know, um, how much we buy into these things. Like Jared Kelnick just making like making notes and he's doing swing thoughts and stuff like that. Whatever helps them, we might think it's nuts or like, oh, that's that's weird. But um, he he talked to Freddie Freeman, JJ Bidet, and he he's like, you know, picked his brain about hitting, and he's like, like, what's your approach? He's like, I aim for hit a line drive or a shortstop's head all the time, and my power will carry that way, or I'll pull, I'll I'll, I'll get into my pull power, and that's what he's been doing, and making better swing decisions. Like again, this is the guy I I go into the game feed, I watch the swing decisions, and I'm like, wow. He he looks great. Like, um, but the thing is, you know, that drives me nuts is he's he's coming out of games for Jesus Aguilar when they bring in a lefty. And that's just stupid. Yeah. And that just drives me nuts. So again, um I think there's like a common theme and it's lefty bat who will sit, you know, who get platooned and they kind of they kind of lose a little luster. Um mm. and it's actually a big problem on a lot of life. DC teams, uh, the Connor Capels and um, 
you know, just like, man, I just have too many of these guys who like losing enough games to not be startable, you know, yeah. when I thought they would. So, mm. and Boudet, I just hope they give more of a run to. I think for the prices that he went for was was really solid. Um, you know, I think for for my Arcia bid, I had Boudet in for the same price. So, like, okay. I had him for that 34, like, you know, just to... Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like and, that's what he and, went for on average. So. Yep, yep. So, um, and I would have been. I don't know if I would have, uh, you know, bit my tongue on that a little bit. Um, that was more of like just going with my gut, like he should be playing. But I don't know if it was even smart because like he won't be playing enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. No, I agree. I mean, yeah, I I thought about it. You know, like I saw the improvements and I was encouraged, but then I was just thinking through it and I was like, yeah, he's on Oakland though, so that that you know you have to be cognizant of just getting a batter on a bad team um and what that means for your runs in rbi and then you know uh i just like thought about their outfield and i was like all right they got loriano still there he should be traded but like he's still there granted he got hurt this week but it seems like he's gonna be back relatively soon ruiz isn't gonna go anywhere and then you know brown's coming back Seth Brown's coming back. Brent that was Rooker's, a big factor to me too. Yeah, sorry. Brent yeah. Brent Rooker and Ryan Noda and Jesus Aguilar, and so I was like, it's just a lot of, you know, it's like almost an even split between these righties and these lefties, and then you have guys that aren't going to be coming out of the lineup, and like Blade as a young guy that they just traded for, like should be getting every day at bats. Like why yeah. you would why you would give. Jesus Aguilar um, at bats over Blade is beyond me um, <laughs> from like a development standpoint. And maybe like, you know, maybe in a couple months, like they move Seth Brown and they move from Ramon Laureano and they, you know, move Rooker too. They should trade him also and just get whatever they can for any of these guys. Um, and then maybe regular playing time opens up for Blade, but like, can you afford to to have him sit on your roster for that in, until that point? Yeah. Um, so DH Carlos Perez, the backup catcher, will be with the lefty. Yeah. You know, so, it's like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Know. It's just yeah. It's just, how are they going to get any better? Like, what what is Oakland playing for anyway? And like, how yeah. how are these guys going to get better against lefties if you don't give them a chance? But it's just, yeah, it's just what what you see, right? So it's really wild. Yep. All right. Let's move over to the closer corner. So the mm-hmm. uh, the the closer ads of the week. Um, Michael King was the most expensive, I would say. He was, uh, you know, in the fourteen. I mean, he was added in fourteen leagues. I'm assuming that those were the only fourteen leagues he was available in. Went for an average price of 127 dollars. Um, Jason Adam in the eight leagues he was available for went for 146, so a little bit more expensive than Michael King. Um, and then in terms of like the more volume ads, um, Mark Leiter Jr., Zach Jackson, Ian Hamilton, and Pierce Johnson were all guys that were added in over 50% of the main event league. So, you know, I know you've added two of them. So, you know, we can we can talk about uh, and we already kind of talked about Pierce Johnson and Zach Jackson a bit, but like um, King was available in one of my leagues. Um, I wanted him, but he went for over a hundred bucks. I couldn't get there. Um, and, and my thought process was, I think I was in like the sixties 
Um, and my thought process was like at that point, and I still don't think he's pitched back to back days yet. So like he has not pitched back to back days this year. I think that is a very important factor when looking at closers and trying to get saves is like, if you're not available, if you're only available for 50% of your team's games, you really limit the ability to garner those saves. Um, the one encouraging thing is his last outing. Um, and I don't know if he pitched today, but his last outing um, entering today was a one inning outing. And that was the first single inning outing he's had all year. So it seems like the Yankees are trying to shorten him up. So I think like the next step, if I had Michael King um, and I was hoping that he would be getting primary saves for the Yankees, it would be, seeing him shortened up and also pitching back-to-back -back days. And if that happens, I think I'd feel a lot better about his um, ability to get saves. But like Aaron Boone came out and said like they're, that there are five guys in their bullpen that they're comfortable with um, using for saves. And Holmes is kind of getting right a little bit, it seems like. Um, Ian Hamilton got a save over the weekend, so he was one of – the popular ads and one of the five Yankees um, that were referenced. And then uh, I think Marinaccio was another guy and um, trying to think who maybe Wandy Peralta was the, uh, was the last guy that Boone talked about. So it's just like, it feels like it's a really messy situation and drop that much money on King. I don't know if um, the managers that did that are going to be happy with spending that much. Yeah, it's um it's a lot. I mean, and like I got him for a buck um two weeks ago. Well on no on the 30th. Um and I I like I like trying to get him in for that price. And mm -hmm. or even if I had to go up for like you know eleven bucks at that point because yeah I know there's risk around like if he's gonna be the guy the guy but um. Yeah, and that at that point too, even like if you throw down seven bucks, eleven bucks, you also got a good reliever too. That yes. Just pick up some wins, and or if it's half the guy. Um, but yeah, that's it, it's. I feel like um, it's a lot to go up like in the hundreds for him. But I guess if you're really desperate for saves, and he is the guy, like and and just racks up you know twenty saves going forward, then it's gonna it's gonna work out. I guess. I guess people like just didn't didn't really want to lose out like that's a i think a player the yankees too right that he he get a little bit of that tax um yeah but um it's it's a tough payup you know yeah but, um yeah i just think i think for that much it's like for a buck yeah i mean totally for for uh, it, it, a couple weeks ago where he was available i should have i should have got him for you know 11 bucks like i hung on to my, michael fulmer instead of just upgrading to king um, and that, that's a mistake that I should have made because there, that's a mistake I shouldn't have made. That's a, that's a move I should have made. Um, because yeah, I mean, regardless, he's still a very good reliever and like, um, I, I, my, my hesitation or my issue is, is just with the price because of what it does. Like you're, you're committed to keeping him on your roster for, for a while at that price. And, it just might be a headache. Um, but that being said, the ratios are good. And um, 
So it, it might just be, you might just be okay throwing them in and um, seeing what happens and letting the ratios get, you know, improved a bit and, and see, um, you know, see what happens. So just, Yeah. I couldn't get there in terms of the price. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um I'm uh I'm happy in, in that league. Uh I picked up Cano in the same week, for him for seven, King for one. They've given me um nine innings, fourteen Ks, two saves, and Nice. no runs allowed. So um I'm happy. Like I needed I'm really super low and that's it. and that's the team I got Jackson too, um, to go along with Helsley. So I'm trying to find some mix and even some weeks maybe just trying to roll out four. Um just like Yeah. a um yeah, like it, it it's almost like a DC strategy too. You know, when the guys I don't know if you feel the same way, but you know, when you're you know, you have a team and you're like, Oh, I actually have four guys who have the job, right? You're like in a DC, you have to play those four guys while Yeah. they have the job, like Yep. And and hopefully you you could fill in some double starts around that, but like when a when a guy has the job in a DC, like you play it because it's gonna disappear at some point. So, Exactly. um, Yeah. yeah, I have the same feeling a little bit when I'm like kind of low already in saves. It's like maybe I just try to get a couple of weeks. Like, but Hano and King are not the guys, but um, they get it. They they're getting opportunities, especially Hano and Batista's um. Velo is down yesterday, two miles an hour. I don't know if, if you saw that or if you're a little concerned with that. Yeah, I mean, I have I, he's like the one actual closer I have across my two mains. Um and uh yeah, I just I'm a little worried. He's like he's he's walking guys, he's not hitting his spots. I mean, Yep. um but uh he's still getting the job done, so Oh, yeah, um yep. you know, like I'm not rooting against him either because I have him in spots too. I, yeah, So yeah. It's definitely it's not. a little a little concerning, but there's really like nothing I can do. I, Yeah. I've kind of missed the boat on Cano, so it's kinda Just have to cross my fingers and hope that he gets right. But um, you know, relievers to have this before and he his he has been getting like a lot of use. So like um Right. Yeah. It's... yeah, I don't know. I'll uh I'm just gonna hope for the best. Uh, like I said, there's not really much actionable. But like, yeah, in one of my mains this week, I, I was um I'm kind of falling behind in saves and I have like I have like Jason Adam who I had on my bench last week. Alvarado, Gratterall, who's not really getting any saves. And then I had like, I had like Jorge Lopez and Jonathan Hernandez on my bench. And I was like, I was considering putting Hernandez in for like Elder because I'm a little sketchy about his start in Toronto. I was like, um, I didn't end up doing it. And, you know, so far, whatever. I guess we'll see what happens this weekend when he pitches in Toronto. If he gets rocked, I'm going to maybe not really go get, get too upset because Hernandez. Um, isn't really getting any saves or anything like that, but um, I think Elder and Toronto, if you walk away even like five runs, uh, like four runs in like five innings, you'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah, like just that's don't not terrible. give me like two innings, seven earned or something like that. I already got, Yeah. I, you know, I who'd I take? I guess Eflin's start this week wasn't that bad, but I no, I had Brent fought, so I've already taken one of those, I've already taken a big number from fought in that league, but Did you I don't draft know. him in that league? Did you draft Yeah, I him? draft I draft him in both my mains. So if he doesn't get sent down, but continues to get rolled out, is there a point where you're like, I have to, like, if he continues this performance, Um, is there a point where you you're like, all right, it's it's time to give up on him, or are you are you there a little bit or not at all? I think like 
I think he's going to go to my bench next week, depending on the, the matchup. Because I think I have enough pitching there that I can kind of put somebody else in. And, and uh, like, I, I started him over Wisniewski at Minnesota this week, just all the lefties for um, Minnesota worried me for Wisniewski. But yeah, I mean, fought. Um, he's getting rocked. He's throwing yeah, cement mixers up there. Something he, he needs to start hitting hitting the spots because he's just throwing everything in the middle of the plate. Like I, I've been watching the starts and I'm just like, dude, he's just leaving stuff right over the middle of the plate. Yeah. He's not getting any separation on the fastball and the change, the change, like he's getting good whiffs on the change and the slider, but it's yeah. just the, the fastball, like like the one that's just all air, like bombed out 470 feet. Like that just a oh, meatball palm down. The yeah. Middle. Yeah, and and he was doing that that whole at bat too, like yes. like Solaire missed, like <laughs> he fouled two off that were, just, uh, and I'm just like holding my breath, I'm like oh my god, like an 83 mile an hour hanging slider over the middle of the plate, and I'm just like, oh my god, please just don't. I mean, I have Solaire in one in one of my mains, so it's like whatever, but I'm just like, oh please, just like get it, like just walk him or something like yeah. that, because you can't just keep leaving shit over the middle of the plate like this, and and like I'm just like, I hope that team sees this and it's just like get him out but i i just don't think they're gonna send him down i i think there's just like i think there's enough there that i'm not like okay i, I don't think they're gonna send him down but I, he definitely needs to work on stuff i think he's gonna get a couple more starts but maybe i'm wrong um he should get a couple more i mean yeah i, I think they made the moves they did to give him some some run here you know yeah 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 so um yeah and Jason Adam um mm. the news about Fairbanks has been positive but like if I had Jason Adam I would not be worried until I saw Fairbanks like pitching in a major league game cuz I I just you know with his injury history and then forearm stuff and really nobody else in the Rays bullpen is um you know challenging Adam for those saves you know, I think I, I'd feel very comfortable with him. And truthfully, like, I think the, I would feel better about that bid price of 146 on average. Like, you know, I, I'd feel comfortable going there for Adam than I would going 127 for King. Makes sense. I would too. Yeah. Just because of the Fairbanks injury. Um, and, um, you know, they're they're re- like they're not reluctant to 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 have one guy as mm-hmm. a lot of people think like they don't have a guy, but they do have one guy who is the guy and then gets sprinkled around the rest of them. But Adam, yeah, Adam, Adam, I would have hundred percent endorsed. Um, and and I had like I did not keep anyone honest to use a popular phrase in the industry. <laughs> um, I. I totally disrespected him with my bids. Um, I'm sorry, Jason Adams. Um, but uh... <laughs> so he was available in some of your leagues this week. He was. He was. Yeah. yeah. He had been a gladiator hero for me, though. I just got to say yeah. that it's so funny, Dom. I, uh, it's it's. I looked at one of my the first draft that we did, the first ever gladiator draft. Yeah. And um, and and my in the last round, you know, I took David Robertson, and yep. I remember when the Mets signed him, like fucking useless pitch he was, <laughs> right? And now he's just like him and Jason Adam on that team, just racking up saves. I'm like, yeah, 
why you yeah, wait on closers I, in the I, I remember you were you get you had a bunch of sneaky uh closer ads. Like you were not paying up in those gladiators we were in and you were getting like Evan Phillips, Fairbanks, Adam, yeah, Robertson, uh I got Kimbrell on one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and and uh and I think two two or three teams. It's it's so funny. I hit Seawald hard in the gladiator, it didn't do mm -hmm. anything in Fab Leagues. And you know, I was like, How how did that happen? You know, I guess yeah. because like it was just my strategy in that league as opposed to in the fab leagues where I get a closer at the top. So maybe right. I should start considering just waiting, waiting for closers. Yeah, you know? there you I, go. I, it's working out I, for you. You, you. you got the uh, you got the touch at least in you know in the off season. You you had a good feel for where the value oh, would be. So man, oh, man. I should have just took him anyway as my second one. Then I wouldn't <laughs> be too mad. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. So um. Do you want to hit anything else with the uh, fab ads? You want to hit the drops and then do this quick little watch list Wednesday, or do you want to do the watch? Yeah, list? let's 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 go to the drop. So okay. you know the the typical typical story for a lot of the popular drops are just injuries, demotions. Um, so um, you know Luis Garcia, Jose Arquiti, Vince Velasquez, all popular drops. Tyler Malley, a popular drop. Um, Trevor Larnock was a uh, a popular drop as well. We didn't really talk about the twins, but like Kirilov was a really expensive ad. I know, I know your thoughts on him. I kind of align with your thought. Um, I guess we're 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 talking about drops now, so let's let's focus on the drops instead of more ads. Um, <laughs> Berger. So yeah, I mean the the common story, at least in the main event, is like you know hurt or demotion, gonna get nope. cut. Um, of the guys that were dropped in over 20 leagues that weren't hurt or demoted, um, Joey Lucchese, Bailey Falter are the only two I can, and Brad Keller and Corey Jolks. I guess people assumed <clears throat> Brantley's return um, would kind of eat into his playing time. Granted, he wasn't really getting, he isn't really getting full-time playing time anyway. So um, yeah, those are the only ones that were popular drops. Um, but those all kind of make sense to me. So, you know, I decided let's point out some interesting cuts in mm -hmm. leagues, you know, between like 19 and 10 leagues. So, you know, at least somewhat popular drop, but probably a little bit harder of a decision. So Brad Boxberger was cut in 19 leagues. Craig Kimberl was cut in 17 leagues. Um, David Peterson in 15. Yanni Chirinos in 14 after being a pretty popular ad last week um, on the pitching side. Uh, Paven Smith in 14 leagues. Johan Oviedo in 12. Gene Segura in 11. Luke Rayleigh in 11. And Joey Weimer in uh, 11. Um, any, I think the one glaring one um is Kimbrel being dropped in 17 leagues given the news about um uh Alvarado today uh, hurting his forearm or his wrist and needing an MRI and Rob Thompson saying you know they're a little concerned um that's the one that kind of pops to me um any anybody interest you there or, um stand out to you yeah i see and, and it's kind of strange too like the Kimbrel one it's interesting too because like I know he's had really if you take away those the games against the Dodgers he's pretty he's been pretty lights out actually yeah uh, and in the last two weeks he has like forty two percent strikeout rate 
like 14% swinging strike rate. He's like, he's up to old tricks. Um, So I think those blowouts stand out in people's mind. His teammate, Matt Strom, too, um, you know, dropped in 17 leagues. And that's kind of surprising, too, because I know he's out of the starter. But um, I think they're just going to use him in 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 various roles that's still going to give him value, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just been really good this whole season. Um, I guess, too, I was a little shocked at... Not shocked. I guess it's... it's Because I guess maybe, maybe these owners didn't pick up. But, like, Ryan Nelson, like, I've been... Haven't been a fan of him the whole season. Yeah, um, I think his fastball is terrible. But he bumped up his velo like one point six miles an hour in his last start. He missed a lot more bats. He had a better outing. So just shows you that like velo is king. And uh, I mean, it's still not like a a great swing and miss fastball. But I just think um, I know I added him on my watch list. You know, because yeah. of that thought like um, again nothing. Again, to get super excited about, but yeah, uh, Zach McKinstry too. Like, um, I don't know, um, a couple of like guys that I was targeting as lower end streamers. Him, so and Luke Rayleigh dropped in eleven leagues. Mm. Um, I know Luke Rayleigh doesn't play every day, but they have a bunch of righties. He doesn't play um against all of them, but he's been on fire. He's like bowing up the ball, hitting bombs. And, um, I don't know, he was, like, right below for me in the line of, like, Sheets and Prado. Like, he was the next guy, like, try to get, like, power. I mean, yeah. and Zach McKinstry, too, he's, uh, you know, got the three games Monday to Thursday. And he still got, like, climbing that multi-eligibility. And I don't know, you know, he, he's getting a decent point. I think that uh, he's probably a guy, if I would have been on a couple of weeks ago, I'd probably still hold on to him. But the biggest one to me... Like is a little lower, um, but it stuck out to me is uh Trent Grisham in two leagues. Okay. Um you you yeah, you you went really down there. Sorry, yeah, I just like it's all right. I, no, I highlighted this when we you know, when I was doing it and I was like, it's 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 calling my name as I look at it. It's just um yeah, I'm just I'm pretty surprised because he plays every day. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the power speed combo and I don't know what he did wrong in this season so far to like really warrant uh, a couple of drops. So I don't know. He's got, let's see, four, four jacks. He hasn't stolen a base yet, but again, he plays, he plays every day and, um, he's actually bowing up the ball even more. Um, sixteen and a half percent power rate, thirteen battles, four homers. So those homers are even like he's getting unlucky with that little bit. He should be more like six homer range, maybe even seven. But that's I don't know, weird drop to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's I, you know, I know batting average isn't everything, and like he's still you know walking fourteen percent of the time. But um, the I don't you know, there's not a ton of improvement over last year other than uh, you know when you look at the surface level stats right yeah. like he's still striking out 28% of the time um he's not really scoring a lot of runs not really knocking in a lot of runs not stealing bases the four and he's hitting 214 so it's kind of like i don't know you it could be a situation where guys are just like in a roster crunch and like you know they're 
not feel playing that. him and and just like you got to make a tough cut and the fact that he was only dropped in two leagues kind of makes me think like yeah it could just be like a total roster squeeze situation where it's like you don't want to do it because you don't want to give up every day at bats off your roster but like if you need to you know replace a pitcher it's just I know, but he's got he's just swinging more, and that's why his swing strike and his K rate are like even up a little bit. But he just like it seems like they just told him just fucking swing, and he is. He's don't swing it up, don't swing it up. Every but his max EVs are career high. He's he's pulling the ball more than ever. He's pulling the ball like with authority. It's just those are the things I look at in a player, and I just like it's kind of the things I saw at the end of the year that he was changing a little bit. That's why I got him on like a ton of DC teams. Just mm-hmm. to, I just think like uh, he plays every day, and that's hard yeah. to get. Yeah, um, no, it definitely is. Yeah, um, but what about any of those other guys like Gavin Stone? How about him? Do you think that's like an overreaction by some off of the one start? I had him. I have him in one of my mains, and I, I after the him? start, no, I didn't. I didn't drop him. Okay. Um, after the start, though, I, I like I really wanted to. If it, if it, if his start was like on Saturday, I probably would have cut him on Sunday. But like I had a, a couple days to like think about it and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to give it a little bit more time. Just, you know, the roster, my roster in that league, I just, I don't really have any injuries, knock on wood. Um so I'm like, all right, this is going to be my sash. I'm going to let it just play out and see what happens. Um I I just I you know, like I didn't see a lot in in his first start, but and the other thing, too, like against him is like, um, he's re- like he's, it's kind of like an up and down thing. I think we talked about this last week. Like, I don't really see unless somebody gets hurt like bad, like somebody's out for the season. I just don't see. I think like it's just gonna be a lot of up and down. And, yep. but the thing is, is like you know, Cindergard with this blister thing sounds like it's pretty bad. Um, and so I think there's a chance that he's going to be up next week and he's going to probably have a two start week like next week. Um, so there's a, there like in my mind, I was like, there's enough injury concerns between Gonsolin, Syndergaard not doing well. Kershaw is eventually going to go on the aisle at some point. May might get a phantom IL stint just because, you know, he's still, it's kind of aggressively ramping up after, you know, not really pitching much last year. Um, so there was enough there where I was like, you know, he'll be my stash. Um, I actually think in my bid list, if I were to have won Bryce Miller, I would have cut stone. But when I didn't get Miller, that was the only, you know, that, that was the only ad he that was the only way I was going to drop Stone was like to get to get Miller. So it's like really like a genuine upgrade situation. So yeah, I mean, I get it. He did he didn't look good, um, but he had been looking better at AAA. He had a good start at AAA last night. Um, I think you know Ryan is harping that he looks like Chris Paddock, and uh, I I kind of agree with it, but. Um, given how well he pitched in the spring, I, I kind of just blind faith trust the Dodgers to maybe help him, if not, you know, correct 
issues that he has going on, at least like help him succeed because they just do that with everybody. Um, so it's kind of like trusting the organization he's in, trusting that an opportunity will present itself, um, not being overreactionary to just one start. But um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm trying to be a little more patient when I can this year. In certain situations. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it because we spend so much time m making impulsive rash moves. And it's like part of the thing I talked about, like just a, a lot of brain energy, a lot of thinking, you know, a lot of people are going through um, <clears throat> crazy seasons. There's yeah. some people like really down on themselves and, and, and the fantasy game. Uh, yeah. Talk about in the discord. And um, I think it's important to just like, I say it a lot of times in my pods and it's stupid, but like I woke up this morning, right? It's like, just like take that, like just, just, just try to remember that it's just a game and that sometimes, uh, a lot of times we're going to be really wrong and shit won't go our way, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's hard not to let it dictate your day, right? Um, or, or like not your day, but just like a snapshot of time. It's like, oh, how, you know, this is so bad. So I've just been, I've been really trying to be that, you know, like optimistic look like, okay, like it is what it is. Like everyone's yeah. having the days I'm having, so I'm just going to keep doing what I got to do. And uh, there have been a lot of variables here. Like we're working with so much different things and, um, and, and, you know, like, oh, this, the offense is back up and now the zone bases are like crazy. It's like, Someone has 17 steals already and it's player values are moving around and all the stuff we may have put into an SGP formula preseason may not even make sense now. Who knows? But whatever it is, it's uh you just gotta keep going. And yeah. um, you know And it's a game and it's a game, right? Like I mean, I think mm. I think the thing that like drew me to like NFBC was just like the competitive nature, I think, of like everybody playing in it. And I think like probably everybody starts with like playing in home leagues and like realizing that like you take it way more seriously than everybody else and like <laughs> wanting a step up in the competition and being like i hear all these podcasts and these guys talking about this nfbc main event and like trying to prove that you're the you know you're the fucking best and like there's only going to be one person out of uh you know 750 some odd you know entries that is going to win the whole thing and like you know, just because you don't win the main event doesn't mean you're bad. I mean, I think like truly like the best, um, the best measurement is like probably like, like cash percentage in your leagues or something like that, because like yep. really, you know, it's, um, a true measure of like, just how you overall, you know, build your teams across yes. the board and and things like that consistency and and you know knowing the player pool and where to get value and things like that so like you know i that like i don't know like those, those things impressed me the most like cash cash rate and and honestly i think maybe more like just equally important or like very close to be is um like a lot of times when I'll scan the history uh, or scan a player and just look at the previous histories, that's like the first thing I noticed when I started the podcast and like, oh, like, like, and I started to get people on. I like, I remember going to Steve Weimer's page. I'm like, this guy never came. He like doesn't come like in past sixth place. 
you know yeah like and yeah. i think like that's that that's the big thing too like um and last year and the year before i was really like kind of happy to not have you know four teams between 13th and 15th you know like so i think like even if you were like around then like if you're consistently 10th and above and, and you're like grinding and you're doing your best that's like good yeah you know? yeah i agree um and it's a game like that i think at the end of the day like that's where it's like this is supposed to be for fun it's our free time it's our hobby um yeah if it's 100%. not if it's not bringing you enjoyment like reassess it, you know reassess whether you want to do it i think we all want to do it but maybe just reassess like how it affects your day to day and like how you view it like i think if you view it as this stressful thing that you need to succeed at it's going to be a lot harder to enjoy than it's you know a fun hobby of mine granted you know it's expensive but like you know if you spread the money over the six seven eight months that we play it it's like not that bad so like um you know just it's a game it's fun it's like and, and just embrace that aspect of it and don't get so Absolutely. caught up in like the the stress of the things that you can't really control like you can control the players that you pick and the decisions that you make but like you can't play the game for them so like just yeah. you know like you, you control really what you can check. control and like let it and you know let it go and like you know Have watching watching all the games and like watching the lives the you know the live stat tracker Get isn't going to change anything so yeah. like you know go watch a movie or something like that and and you know just see what happens later <laughs> yeah i and i just think it's like have have something have some kind of mechanism to snap you the fuck out and like 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 make you realize that it's for fun and it's okay and like you know yeah for me i go to extremes i think about the worst things you know i'll be like imagine if i was dead you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm in a good mood now. Yeah, you're like the <laughs> Gary V video. It's like, uh, he's like, he like told, he's like, you know what you should do? You should, you know, think about like, you know, the person that you love the most. Think about them like getting shot in the face, and then it'll <laughs> yeah, make you like. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah we're going, we're going uh, down a weird sideways. path. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing I did think about, so just, just. Bear with me here. Um, I like it. Yeah. You watch? Do you watch Survivor? Or have you ever watched Survivor, the show? No, I'm not. A no, Survivor all right. Guy. So no. I I love Survivor. Okay. So that that's actually I was watching Survivor tonight, um, and basically like what the the premise of the show is they have like these challenges and you know one person wins immunity and then what happens after that is like there's a vote and they send one person home and so like after that challenge, everybody goes back to the camp. And they all start scrambling and they all start talking to one another about who they're going to vote with and who can who's going to work with who in terms of, you know, getting the numbers together. And it's always like this crazy, chaotic, like, you know, series of hours, maybe a couple hours. You don't really know because it's kind of all edited and stuff like that. But it's just basically like things happen and then you have this short amount of time to strategize and like make plans. And then you go to tribal council and you vote somebody out. And I and and this week 
you know, like everybody's always tweeting all week about, you know, player analysis and, you know, regression monsters and, uh, you know, you know, exit velocities and barrels and spin rates and all this shit. And then like Sunday afternoon is like a lull on Twitter. And everybody I feel like is focused on fab and setting numbers and, and stuff like that. So, and it's like that, that's what I view. It's like games end Sunday, you know, and, and it's like getting ready for tribal council and you're all getting ready for 10 o'clock and it's, <laughs> and it's scrambling and, it, and it's all this stuff. And then, and then the vote, and so like that's what i equate it to is like i feel like sundays have become just like this like every like everybody's strategizing and like uh getting ready for the big uh you know 10 o'clock figuring out who they're getting and stuff like that so that's just what i've equated it to and it's like kind of if that's if you watch survivor idea. it's like kind of yeah. funny because it's like yeah it kind of is like that but uh anyway we should um, combine them you know we should combine like i was survivor fab Oh yeah, pod. You know, everyone, yeah. That... Like, everyone has to be in the same spot too, like talking shit to each other all day. And, um, <laughs> then yeah. you have to do fab and like you're like in your room, like <laughs> with people talking shit behind you. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> so since you know we normally record on Tuesday, um, and we talked about this last week in terms of like a watchless Wednesday. Since we are recording on Wednesday, I was like, all right, let's put in a watchless Wednesday little discussion into mm -hmm. the end of this week's fab. Um, because like last week I put, you know, I sent you a list of players because we were going to talk about, hey, who are the next guys that are going to come up and be big fab bids? And like from from the point that I put that list together, that was that was like Monday night or Tuesday morning. And like. Five of the guys that I had put on that list already came up. Mervis, Morel, Fott, um, who else? Uh, Bryce Miller made Bryce his Miller, debut yeah. that night. Yeah. So it feels like forever ago, and it was only like eight days ago. And Crazy. like so much has changed, and so many of the go those guys have already come up. So it's just like it, it just keeps coming in waves, all these guys. So like, you know, um, watch. So, you know, we were like, all right, let's do Watchless Wednesday where – we just talk about um, who we think the next big ads could be, um, you know, who's, and so, you know, I put, I put a little list together um, and some of these guys wouldn't, are not going to be in the player pool yet. They're kind of like my speculation of who might be next up, but then some of these guys are impacted by what's already happened this week. So, um, you know, obviously Yuri Perez, it's coming up Friday. That is the next Uber prospect. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's hard. Um, it's hard to kind of gauge what I think he's going to go for right now. Um, Cause we haven't seen a pitch in the majors, but like um, I think his career high in terms of innings was like last year with 71. And, and we were, I was just talking with like, um, I was talking with like Gialdi and Fish about this earlier today, and we were like, I was like, realistically, like, how many innings? This was before he even got called up. I was like, realistically, like Yuri Perez, he's the next, he's gonna be the next big fab pitcher. Like, realistically, how many innings do you think he's gonna pitch? Because he threw seventy one last year. The Marlins aren't any good. Like, you know, if he gets called up in July, he's probably gonna get shut down by August. Like, I don't think they're gonna let him go past a hundred, right? So, like, um. 
Yeah, he had 78 in 2021 and 77 last year. And he's already got 31 this year. Yeah. So it's like how... I think they're doing it too, Dom. Honestly, I think they see the news on the Braves and see the Mets kind of struggling. Maybe they just want to take a run and try to capture some push to like they like see if we have in contention and use okay. him to see if they can stay in there. You know? Yeah. Um yeah. but yeah, I'm I'm questioning, you know, he's pitching on six days rest, which is think something that um is interesting that I read on Rotowire News and um yeah, I don't know. Like he's gonna get a lot of money and I was pretty interested before, but the more I'm like digging into that kind of stuff, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think I think so, I'm tempering my my excitement more and more as as I think about it. Yeah, it's really. I know he's a tall dude. I saw the video of him with Sandy calling him and congratulating him, and he like he stood up and he's like Tristan McKenzie. He's like really yeah. thin build. Like, I know he yeah. had some arm fatigue last year. I don't know. There's like a lot of and he's 20 years old. I mean, um, again, like Br- Bryce Miller's a grown man, like in a lot of ways, you know, like he's, he's 20, he's, he's like almost to be 25. Right? Yeah. So those things are big differences to me. Um, nonetheless, though, it's going to be exciting for baseball too. Cause yeah. this kid's been really good in the minors and mm-hmm. he's been on people's brains for a while. I'm sure a lot of people have him in DCs are super excited. Uh, Zach Waxman, he picked, he picked him up in one of his auction leagues. Um, you know, just, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, he's gonna get the Fab Palooza for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think, think... like Taj Bradley bids for him, or you think they're yeah, gonna go... like two, like yeah, I was, I was thinking like two hundreds, like mid, mid two hundreds, and then, tops. and then he might get bumped if, if he looks really good on Friday. I think like, yep. So, I think, I think the, the aspect of like the workloads that these last couple of guys have logged, Bybee, um, Allen, Miller. The fact that those guys logged those like 130 inning, like minor league workloads, I think kind of just gave guys a lot of comfort. Plus, like they're on good teams, competitive teams. So, like, whereas it's just not as, um, I, I think it's not as like of a, as much of a sure thing in terms of like the innings and stuff like that for Perez. But could just be FOMO. Like, uh, you know, you missed out on last week's. Miller and now you got 370 burning a hole in your pocket and you're like all right I'm not going to miss again you know and, and I yep. think that's a little bit of this and the fact that a guy co- keeps coming every week allows the people that you know might have been the backup bid last week to be the the winner this week so absolutely it's a phenomenon that is uh interesting and well I you know I think we're going to keep seeing it going um so Christopher Morell was the second guy I put on. Obviously, he got called up on Monday. He got dropped in some leagues, available in some leagues still. So I think um, with the Nico Horner injury, which I, I don't know what they're doing, why they haven't put him on the aisle yet, because like it it looked pretty bad to me. Um, you know, um, mm-hmm. the Hor- if he goes on the aisle, obviously that gives him like a very clear path to everyday playing time. But um. Yeah, Morel sixty-two percent only. Not one he. No one started him. No percent start. Zero percent start. I think. I think because he Unless... didn't play. He 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 wasn't in the lineup that it. first day. So it's like, you know, um. So he wasn't in the lineup, and 
the Horner injury hadn't happened yet. So it was just like, I, I didn't start him. It's kind of killing me because he's on my bench and I've got like Rodolfo no, Castro. I apologize. He, he, he is 28%. So I, okay. I pulled, I pulled these, uh, I pulled the number into a spreadsheet. Okay. Um, probably like Sunday night or Monday okay. morning. So right, right, yeah, right. I, okay. my bad. I didn't, yeah, I, yeah. But I just went to the side because I'm, Everyone has to be like some people have to be excited to play him no matter what. I was I was like I really wanted to, but then when I didn't see him in the lineup on Monday and and like yeah, yeah him and, him and Jaron Duran just hitting home runs and stealing bases on my bench, and I got Rodolfo Castro sitting sitting two games in a row. I'm like I'm an idiot, but what can you do? Um, his his PT now is becoming maddening too, man. Yeah, I know, <sighs> but that's okay. Yeah. Like I mean, for me, like. It's okay for me. It's not okay for, but I, I'm like, yeah, I'll just put, I'll put Morel in. I like that team. I have a bunch of, like, I have him, Paredes, um, and now Morel. So I have guys that can kind of move everywhere. So like, I'm almost viewing Paredes and um, Castro as just kind of like bench guys that I'll just shift in, maybe more on like the weekend because like, um, playing those guys on like Monday through. Thursday it's just it's like too many days for them to get off and like it's just I'm creating more of a headache than by playing them than I am just like keeping them on my bench and just putting them in when I need them yep um, that makes sense yep when uh, when I can um so yeah so Morel Casey Schmidt got called up this week I don't know it's just another Giants guy that um you know I feel like I I got excited when VR got called up like last year and he could just be another guy they're mixing in and um, yeah, I another think maddening spells, playing time thing. I think that kind of spells the end for VR a little bit. Yeah. As long as Schmidt, because Schmidt's really good defensively and he's more of a contact guy. Um, so um, didn't really have like great, you know, like EVs and stuff in the minors, but I know he's like a defensive whiz. And as long as he has good plate discipline, doesn't strike out and he sprays the ball, which might be the kind of player he is. Um, then I think, yeah, I think VR sucks for him because I thought they would have gave him a little more run here. Um, I thought he's shown that he's could be like at least like a, a Eugenio Suarez, like a, a similar player, but I guess they don't think he's worth that type of uh, you know, runway here, yeah. Um, but then you got your uh, you wrote down the Braves duo of Jared Schuster, Dylan Dodd because of. Kyle Wright and Max Fried's injury. Yep. Um, yeah, because they were they were popular once like it feels so long ago that Jared Schuster pre, you know, pre um pre main event buildup. Uh yeah. You felt it in Vegas. It was, I think I think he went like in the like nineteenth round in, in my mains. Um nice. at least my New York City one. Um I definitely remember. Isn't that crazy. So yeah, I mean like I don't know who, where else they're gonna go. I mean, they didn't call him up today to pitch. They just went with a bullpen game. Um, that you know, I think maybe part of that is they would have they have an off day tomorrow. Um, so they just figured they could get by with just using everybody in their bullpen and not having to make a roster move until next week. And it just gives them an extra arm in their bullpen for this weekend. Um, I'm guessing that's the logic behind it, which makes sense. Um. He's got but, a uh, Houston has a five percent K K minus walk rate right now in the minors. Twenty point seven percent K and sixteen percent walk. Yeah, sixteen percent walk is not gonna play. 
<laughs> it's not gonna play up though. Maybe that's why they skipped him. I think he's got to get a couple of things right there. Yeah, and need to look at in the majors either. So Soroka is obviously the other guy there yep. that could factor in. Uh, you know, I've just been having like I keep you know the weekend pod that you guys do. Um, I love listening to it. I know. Matty Mo keeps talking about Soroka, and I just keep having this like thought in my mind of like when Soroka was last in the majors. Like I don't know if like his pitcher type like even plays in the MLB anymore. Like to like to see like like even when he was pitching and pitching well, like I feel like he was getting a little lucky, and uh, I feel like the Braves are so hesitant to use him to like in the majors like i just don't either he's like still not healthy and they just like know that he's not or like they're worried that like things are going to go bad um for him because i just like i don't know like he reminds me of like a like a doug fister type guy where it's like mm. sinkers and like change-ups and like i don't know if that plays anymore as it as well as it did in like 2018 and 2019 yeah, yeah, I think he's like a, a suppressed hard contact kind of guy, which uh, you know, Je- Jeff Zimmerman will tell you it's not it's, that's not predictive anyway. <laughs> um, but I don't know. He, I think people will look always look at the shiny ERA, um, and and I get it, two hundred and fourteen career innings, two point eight six ERA, but the Sierra that four three, the strikeout minus walk is thirteen point three percent. You know. Yeah, that, that's that's and and the swinging strike is is ten percent. So like, it's, it's a heavy ground ball lean, which these days might not be the best. Um, right. But and and it doesn't really beat anyone in the zone, you know. So I don't know. I've never really was a fan, even when he was you know healthy and 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 pitching innings. So. That's why I'm hesitant to go back on board now. I'm gonna have to see different pitch mix. I'm gonna have to see a little bit of a, you know, like a velo bump, uh, more than like ninety three. Like that's doesn't that was a long time ago when ninety three played up. In yeah, 20, in twenty nineteen. <laughs> exactly. It, it, yeah, it really it it the game has changed so much even in that short amount of time where it's like I, I mean yeah that's where I was like I just I don't even know if like he even is like a major league quality pitcher anymore with the way he if he even is the same pitcher that he was then which it doesn't appear like he is because they keep skipping him and doing weird stuff with him and like i just yeah i just don't think he's he's right um mm-hmm. so like you know and then kim will be talked about with the alvarado news i think he'll be a popular ad guy put on your watch list um but then like that's really it for the pitchers like i couldn't Think I mean Libertor is another guy I guess. Um, If they, yeah, I think he's gonna command the big bid because it a team, um, you know, even though they're not really stupid this year, but yeah, um, and just because he's been getting talked about a lot, you know, he Mm -hmm. has a heavy Twitter presence, he has a heavy podcast preference, so he's gonna be hot and -hmm. heavy in the bids. Um, I think you could throw him in there. and the only like, that's why like I was pit like, you know, in my head like that was part of the Bryce Miller thing. It was um, it's like Gavin Williams is the big one actually. I, I, okay, I, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, um, I forgot about him. I actually think like he, I'd rather have him than Yuri just because 
a team contact because of the innings pitch thrown. Yeah, um, age. The but, th it's so crowded there. It's like it's it is. Getting, no, no, you know? I know, I know. But when it happens, I think I would be, mm -hmm. you know, more excited um, at that point. But who knows when that's gonna come or if yeah, it does come. Exactly. But I wanted to pivot to you know, and I think we talk about like grinding at bats through players on the wire, but like one team has the chance to provide us with some major future fab um, value. And that's the Cincinnati Reds given mm. their home park and their three young studs at the minors, Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Encarnacion strand. And these are like, these are like very buzzworthy names. Yeah. Um, And they're, they that that triple A team is putting up like ridiculous offensive oh stats every day too. It's amazing. And like they can really, you know, I don't know, like De La Cruz, I, I guess still has some of that, you know, swing and miss. Um thirty two percent K rate this year. Like, you know, but like Matt Matt McLean is just like an all around dude, you know, doesn't strike out, he walks, he hits for power, he's fast. Um, and then, and Canarsio and we saw what he could do and what, you know, how popular he got in DC season. So I think these, these will be your big gun rest of season hitters that will have like cause, um, and th they also do have a pitcher, Andrew Abbott, who, who was really hot in double a, but he was part of that, like pre-tack thing with the, like the pre-tack ball that were getting mm -hmm. more ride. So, um, but anyway, just that park too is going to yeah. provide so much additional oomph to getting these guys. Yeah. So, and I think like the Vado news is like really off putting I me. Mean, I don't really think he's making it back. Um, and I just think like, who's going to like, is it on Canarsion strand who's been playing some games at first, some games at third, the Spencer steer, like, is he going to be the casualty? Cause at some point they're going to have to, make a move you know like i don't know if even jonathan india can like move to the outfield or something right yeah that may be a consideration <laughs> yeah i don't know i just hope he doesn't fall into this you know the Stuart fairchild uh righty lefty platoon but anyway nah, i, I just think, think that will. that like that that team these three players are going to be those batters that are going to be really really leaned in on if they get called up and i think that they all have a decent shot yeah, I mean, in Cardinacion Strand, I feel like he was kind of knocking on the door in spring training, just like kind of forcing their hand until um, I think he got hurt in spring training, right? He hurt his back, and so like, uh, yep. so like that was kind of their way of of not having to make that decision. But like, yeah, I mean, I think he he had like six or seven homers in his first ten AAA games this year. So it's how long do you um, keep him down when like they don't have anybody really blocking him at first base right now so you can just you can call him up and play him at first and um so i think he's probably even closer than like de la cruz but then like mclean's 20 i just looked he's like almost 24 so it's like how long are you how long are you gonna keep him down too um Got 10 homers and nine steals and 140 yeah. play players. yeah looking great yeah so exciting yeah, I don't know if it's like if that's one of those like crazy ballparks. I, I never got the impression that it was, but they're hitting like it is. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. Like Encarnacion Strand, I think is probably the next guy, and, and so it's a lot of hitters, right? I think we've kind of um, almost tapped 
all of the um, like really talented pitching prospects that are going to be coming up for a while. I think, you know, um, I could be wrong. I could, there could be guys that I'm not seeing and I'm not hearing about that come up and make an impact that occasionally happens, but it feels like anybody of um, like stature is either already up or um, about to be up. And there's maybe only one or two more that are still um, coming. So it's, it's just going to be a lot of prospect bats that are going to be entering the pool. So, Yeah, Um, that's the yeah. the vibe I got. Like maybe like Andy Rodriguez too. He was a guy that I saw added in like maybe like five main events on the cheap this week. Um, so maybe I, I think he's back from the minor league injured list. Um, so he could be a guy to where, you know, he gives you something at a position that you don't really get his skill set with like some power, some speed, um, at a catching spot. Um, you know. the pirates i don't think have anybody that is irreplaceable at catcher um so he might be somebody that we see relatively soon um I guess like three guys I'm thinking of two at the bat, but they're just like play for good teams. So it depends how they are going to implement them into the playoff run or into full teams as is. But like is are the Rays, Meade, and Manzardo, and and they're like ready. You know, like I have them on DC team. I see more now. Like you know, it's it maybe more blocked than I thought, but I took them for a reason too. And like even if it's for later in a year and it's for a month or two. Um and and Colton Cowser of the Orioles, like all three Yeah. of those players are ready. Like and they're 23, 23, like Antardo's 22, but these guys they're smashing in triple A. So I think they're knocking on the door. And so like those, I think those batters, those six batters will give us like and again, it may come late in the year, like Cowser may come in September. But anyone with the hat, like the hammer, then might be getting like a thirty thirty type player on their team, you know. Um, so it's gonna be it, it's gonna be interesting. So those are the guys like I, I'm really kind of um, What about you Westberg know, for Baltimore too, right? him too. Yeah. Those are so the like these are all teams that are just like loaded Yeah. with guys that like like I mean, why would the Rays do anything to mess with their team right now? And you know, unless it's an injury that happens, um I just don't I don't see why they would mess with anything. Like Absolutely. um, you know. And that's not their MO Yep. either. So that's why spend Take your money. yeah, yeah, yeah. And your money, man. Yeah, so I mean Cool, man. that's I like this pretty little much uh I like this little portion of the uh show, the little watch list. It's, I think um I think everyone will get a lot of like action at least to look forward a little bit and gives us a little homework to do too to like kind of keep tabs on who we might have in our watch list this week and you know, um and I guess, you know, the biggest thing is just like just It's just paying attention to the not only the news but the playing time, you know, Yeah. and 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 stuff like that. Just try to keep your eye on it as much as you can, and just notice when you might see a shift. Um, because I think, like, some people are like, "Oh, like, how do you forecast forward?" The the biggest thing is PT. You know, obviously Yeah. skills change too. There's still stuff that are like semi stabilizing right now. You know, given the amount of data that we have, but um, just lean that. eyeball to the PT and if you can be ahead of the rest of your league on eyeing up future playing time um, it'll serve you huge and I think that's just like the biggest 
takeaway is like just look at matchups and trying to find that next edge of like full time player, which is really crazy right now because you know how like I know like the platoons are getting a like a little bit out of hand is like when you're struggling to find full time players in twelve team leagues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you always I agree. have the you have that trouble in fifteen team leagues, like you know, but twelve team leagues is like you're not supposed to have that. Yeah, that's why. I mean, that's why it's like I I I brought this up last week. It's like you can do all this work to be like, oh, I found this like perfect, you know, matchup of or this perfect seven game week. And granted, you know, if you platoon in a seven game week, it's still a lot more palatable like guy gets a day off in a seven game week than it is if it's a platoon in a five game week so like it, it matters but like it's just with how platoon heavy they are and like you spend all this time focusing on the schedule and like they sit two games and it's like god damn it i did all that work and like they're still sitting and like there's nothing i can do you know yeah so yep, it's no. it's really the priority is like if you if you really feel like there's a guy that like, um you see that's getting everyday playing time that you think it'll last mm-hmm. and like you think they'll produce like you gotta you gotta get the guy because um when when you have a bunch of guys sitting in a lineup in a week it it's maddening yeah and and, and that's why I was there with Arcia this week you know um, yeah. Makes sense. Everyday shortstop, and I just think that's so huge. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. All right, buddy. I think right. um, this was fantastic. Another good week. Make sure to check out. Um, Tom oh, Dolan, go- before oh, wait, yeah, before yeah, we yeah. finish, yeah, no, like I, I just want to, you know, because this is obviously the free pod. Um, so I'll give you a shameless plug that you you didn't ask me for to do, but like <laughs> the the um your the Patreon like in making these decisions and stuff like that like i'm a person that really likes to like do my own work and like look at things and make my own decisions and not get influenced by stuff but your um fab notes this week like it's it's bad but you give so much like information and content and stuff like that that i like listen to the podcast but i'd never really reference the notes um before this weekend i was just I was looking on my phone and I was just like, all right, let me like, let me read the notes. Um, I think you sent the notes out before the podcast. So I was just looking at the notes that is so helpful for um, like just doing fab. So like um, that alone is like worth the price because it just sets your mind of like, you you know, you identify like, um, you know, the playing time, the handedness, opportunities and then you like you you know you gave a few recommendations of guys that you really thought um could uh you know benefit like take advantage of the weak matchup so i like i thought that was like amazing the format of it is just very digestible um and really helped me this week in kind of like streamlining what i was doing in fab so um that that was awesome so thank you appreciate yeah, it yeah it's, I, um... it's uh I put you know, a lot it's... of work into it and it takes me a lot of time, but in, in the end, um, I, you know, I'm getting better myself too. So it's good to hear that. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that feedback. And yeah, I mean, I really like just try to dive into all the, all the really 
minute things like the Monday to Thursday streams and the Friday to Sunday streams and, you know, yeah. try to look ahead at some pitcher matchups too, like, you know, for the next two or three weeks or a month, you know, I know there's other people who look even further than that, but all those little things. Um, and yeah, it's helping me and um, I'm glad that um, it's helping you out. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Cause, cause I know that a lot of people, have their like their you know like their own process and it's great and this is merely like not to like try to influence people to think like me but just really like these are the things i think that are actionable and that we can find you know good value in week to week so um yeah yep. cool uh, awesome thank you man appreciate yeah. that yeah you all right man um Check out uh, Mr. Bullpen Guru at Twitter, at Bullpen Guru, and check out his work on the Reliever Recon because you don't ask me to do that either. But the two best Patreons around, I'll tell you that much. Yep, I agree. Yeah, buddy. All right, cool, man. Thanks for hanging out and uh, getting to talk some baseball. It's all All right, fun. sounds good, Rob. Later, man. Later. All righty, folks. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Thanks for everyone for supporting my work. Over at the Patreon, for everyone who left ratings and reviews of the show, that's huge. It goes a long way. And so everyone have a wonderful rest of the week and don't be a bag of shit.